On this episode of the Loud and Uninformed podcast, the guys get into NFL football week three, go through some of the shockers that happened this weekend. Were they flukes? Were they not? Talk about the disastrous Bears. Of course, we talk a little bit about Taylor Swift. Then we hop into college football, another wild weekend, disappointment for Notre Dame, great win for Ohio State, run through the college football playoff at this point. We then do some bad tweets or unfortunate tweets and end it with sage advice of the uninformed with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Before we hop into today's episode, wanted to give note that the Halloween nights at the Eastern State Penitentiary has returned in full force for another season of Sinister Scares, enchanting entertainment and unforgettable moments in a truly one-of-a-kind setting. This immersive experience features five thrilling haunted houses inside a massive abandoned penitentiary complex, plus historic tours, theme bars, live entertainment, and more. You might even see Jeeb there. Loves a good thrill. So buy online at HalloweenNights.org and use the promo code CC23B8PJ3V. Again, that is CC23B8PJ3V to save $5 off your ticket. This code is not valid for Saturday nights in October. It was good. I uh, I really just watched football. Me too. Uh, I, played, <laughs> I played golf today. Nice. Uh, took some took work off. Nice. Um, two birdies. I almost got a hole in one, which would have sucked because I was by myself. So <laughs> that's like the duality of man, right there. Is like I was. Hey, well, you got a hole in one, but if nobody witnesses it. You're just the guy that says you got a hole in one. Well, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was walking go. I ended up six feet from the pin. It's part three. I was like, oh my god! Like, I would love for it to go in, but please not now. Like, pl- like yeah. don't. I I didn't want it to go in. So I was happy with the easy tap in birdie. But my brother's, it's not a real hole in one because he did it during a practice round. He was just effing around at his. At um, like went to his country club to go play like the ninth and tenth hole because they're right at the parking lot. Oh like, yeah, on day when the course was closed or whatever, Jeez. he got a hole in one on the par three tenth, <laughs> and it's not in a round, so it doesn't count for anything. Well, if it was on the tenth, what he needs to do is just like play the back nine. Yeah, yeah you're he right. Should've... <laughs> he should have just kept going. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty tough for him, um, but yeah. Scott, how are things? How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Moving. So that's always arduous, but... Moving and wedding planning at the same time. How about that? Moving, wedding planning. I, I have a budding career. You know, things are really taking off for me. It's good. Nice, nice. Do you that's have great. a DJ picked out yet? We have a band. Oh, that's uh, all? A band with a brass section. It's going to be... Uh, Whoa. Yeah, we uh, we drove down from D.C. to Richmond and then back after work one day to go see these people perform, cool. uh, which was a lot. But it, they were they were a lot of fun and and they're locked in. Nice. 
It's not the same d- group that does Richmond's band during the basketball game. No, no. In fact, we were uh, oh, we really wanted the house band from Shanae's, but they were unfortunately booked oh. for the occasion. If you want them, you have to book much further out in advance. Interesting. Uh, if you got the pep band for Richmond with the guy that's like seven foot, 400 pounds in the front, like orchestrating, that guy's enormous. It would be, it would be wild to do a pep band at your wedding. But if you're a big college sports fan, that would be uh, that would be pretty funny. And, you know, everybody listening, don't look too much into the Richmond pep band, like where they actually go to school. You don't want to know. Because <laughs> they they don't go to Richmond. No, no. <laughs> Richmond is very good at outsourcing stuff if if they need to. That's one of the examples. We yep. should need to. Like, we should be able to field a band. It's pretty. We should be able to. A hundred percent. But we can't. Such a small school that I feel like the arts department is probably so tiny in terms of students. It's also just like not a big arts school, you know, like as far as liberal arts go, it's not a school of business. Yeah, it's a business school. (laughs) This is is kind of more of a leadership kind of school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to crack a Merrill, Mike and Merrill IPA Philly special in honor of the Eagles game tonight. I went down to Conchhock and Brewery and they have these announcers of the Eagles. They have a special brew especially for Eagles games. Is it just me or does that seem kind of late for a specialty beer? <laughs> Feels like that probably should have come out like six years ago. Probably. Has it been that long? Jesus, I'm living in the past. Right? It must have been. <laughs> yeah, it feels like yesterday. Yeah, uh, much different quarterback now, so. Yeah, speaking of yesterday. Kind of a crazy NFL day. I don't know about you guys, but it was like, I I didn't bet at all on the games. Very glad I didn't because I'm sure a lot of people were upset with results. Yeah, it feels like you always hit this point in the NFL season where you forget that every team is a team of professional football players and right. just like any given Sunday. And it felt that way with like Cardinals, Cowboys, where it's just like, yeah, I mean, they're still really good. Um yeah. And I love uh, I love when you go to ESPN right after a weekend like this, and it's full of just the most insane overreactions um, from from you know whatever whatever the uh, the results are of that. So the Cowboys one was the was the biggest one for me at least. Obviously, seventy points by the Dolphins was very noteworthy. But were there any other ones before we get into those that you guys were particularly surprised by? Um, I thought the Chiefs were gonna destroy the bears but i didn't think it was going to be that embarrassing and in front of taylor taylor swift of all people and and bear missing that's tough that's tough but i think we'll do a little bit on the bears because they've had a oh insane week just well i was gonna say too i don't know i don't know uh if we have a taylor swift segment planned but uh if there's any blank space maybe we'll fill with that hey (laughs) <laughs> I think we will definitely discuss that. So Swifties, you know, stay in your seats, stay listening. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. But we need you to listen for 10 minutes so it counts as a listen. Well, I was going to say, it's <laughs> almost like when you put a uh, milk in the back of the grocery store. Like we're going to make you walk through this whole thing to get to the yep. Swift stuff. Yep, exactly. But I also thought, and maybe this is just because I believe in Trevor Lawrence and he consistently has terrible games every year. And... I also don't know why I trusted the Jaguars of all teams. Like if you're an NFL fan and you believe in a team, the number one checklist is like number one, 
is it the Jaguars? <laughs> like they're just always bad. And not even like badly run Dan Snyder commanders bad. They're just like non-existent. Yeah, it's so tough to point the fi- it's it's hard to even know where to point the finger sometimes. And the Texans won. And the Texans by all means look good. CJ Stroud looks like the best quarterback to come out of the draft so far, which I mean we're three games in. So like I don't know if redrafting he looks better than Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson got hurt. <laughs> That's true. Got Anthony hurt Richardson too. didn't play. Although I hope they both end up being terrible. Absolute boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for your sake, for sure. Um, but yeah, what do you think about I think especially the Cowboys? Um, maybe the Texans, Jags, and the Dolphins. Like, are those flukes or is this the reality? Is this a reality check? So I think that at least for the Texans, it's a fluke. I think the Jags have just been overall disappointing and aren't going to take the jump that everybody expects them to. But the AFC South is wide open. So I think they'll still probably take it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be much more of a grind to get there and they might end up winning it with nine wins. Um, And then the Cowboys, I think it's a bit of an overreaction and you lose Trayvon Diggs halfway through the week. And all of a sudden you're kind of scrambling. Like I I get that. This is an easy one to overlook. I think that they'll be back, Um, but they have a tough go of it. You know, NFC East is not an easy division. So what, what if the Cardinals aren't just total dog shit? Like everybody's been saying the Cardinals have been competitive. You know, I just think it's wild though because wouldn't you say the Giants are like a bottom three team and they came back and beat the Cardinals? I still don't think the Giants are a bottom three team, although week by week that argument gets <laughs> tough. They did have to play the Niners on Thursday, which is just Danny Dimes was still hurt from the Sunday game, <laughs> like he couldn't do anything. And it didn't, the game didn't look that bad, like it wasn't that lopsided like the whole time. The, the Niners kind of just like hung a bunch early and then they put it away in the fourth, but it wasn't like it was like a runaway. And you can sound the Niners like are better than they were last year. I think the Niners are very... Yeah, the Niners are probably one of the best teams in the league. Probably are. Yeah. I would say right now, just through three weeks and the Eagles haven't played tonight, so maybe they'll finally wake up. But um, the Niners have been the best team in football yeah. so far. Not the Dolphins. Before this week, though, and this might bite me in the ass come playoff time anyway, I thought the Cowboys were better, and I was more afraid of playing the Cowboys in the playoff game than the Niners if the Eagles got slated. Really? I thought the Cowboys looked unstoppable for the first two weeks. Like, didn't Trayvon's a big loss. Yet. Yeah. You have to look at Jets without Aaron Rodgers that first game back. Zach Wilson, guess not a great opponent. Um and their week one was it was beating the brakes off the Giants. Was beating the brakes off the Giants, who have clearly taken a step back from last year. Yeah, and then they come up against the Cardinals, who I would think would be just as bad as <laughs> a Aaron Rodgersless Jets, worse than the Aaron Rodgers Jets. At least that defense is still good. Yeah, and the Cardinals come in. Josh Dobbs plays his heart out. Love the love his effort on the field, but like the Cardinals gutted themselves. Like they're they don't have much talent left. And they went out and handled the Cowboys. Handled. Yeah, I think that's true to an extent. But like Buda Baker's still there. Like, like, how did they really gut themselves from last year? Besides just not having, like, they have, they have Marquise Brown left. That's true. They have ancient Zach Ertz, who's about to retire. Yeah, Zach Ertz is a yeah. <laughs> still, still they okay. have Josh Dobbs, a quarterback who once again plays his heart out, but it's Josh Dobbs. 
Isaiah Simmons, he must have been a bust, but like they traded him for seventh. They were just like cutting ties. Yeah. <laughs> like so I don't they're 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 not out of winning they're not in a winning shape right now. Quick question. I was, we're the most talented team in the NFL. And then the nine I I think the Niners have retaken that, but yeah. I, I just have a really quick question. Does Kyler Murray win that game if he starts? <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> I think so. I don't think Kyler's as bad as you make it out to see. He's just not a. He's I, think just not a I think the Cardinals came like it was the same thing last year with Colt McCoy. It's like I have more faith in the Cardinals with whoever their backup is than I do with Kyler. I th- I think that just like a yeah, passer isn't going to run around like a ballerina. <laughs> like stability. What do you think, what do you think ballerinas do? Uh, <laughs> look, look at Kyler run. He runs. He runs like a ballerina. Like it's... No, he, he, yeah, he runs like a like a toddler who's like running away from trouble. But I think like he's the most classic like ceiling raiser, floor lower quarterback I think we've ever seen. Like he's when he's on, he's so good. But he could lose you any game just by being unable to do the like super basic stuff. So I, got, you said this last week, which I think was so right. Like there's a reason all the backup quarterbacks in the NFL are just six five immobile white guys yeah unless it's like baltimore because they have to have a mobile guy in their system yeah or philly. i guess philly has to kept the mobiles but like majority of them are those just like vanilla they'll hit the flat you know they won't win you the game but they're not gonna throw it away yeah they're not gonna lose you the game but you're not winning a super bowl with colt mccoy <laughs> so then kyler murray if he goes on a hot streak you could see really? a world you have to remember there was a there was like an eight week Super Bowl. Oh, there was like an eight week. I said playoff run. I didn't say Super Bowl. I said playoff run. Okay, okay. <laughs> there was there was like an eight week stretch before he got hurt, where he was like gonna he was the MVP front runner, and then he got hurt, and it's been really difficult for him to stay on the field ever since. And so, like, I get it that the not trusting him, but like the upside's obviously there. Like, let's not. Let's not be coy here. What <laughs> I think it'll be interesting where he ends up next year because even though the Cardinals stole this game from the Cowboys, I still imagine they'll be a top ten pick at worst. Yeah, and probably take a quarterback because it just seems bad ties or whatever. Start, yeah, will he be a Patriot or a Titan? I could see him in both uniforms. No. Next year. A Patriot would be sick. I would love I, him in New England. I think the I, Pats are going to be good enough that they're going to be in those late teens, maybe yeah, early twenties picking. So. I don't think we're really interested in restarting either. Yeah. <laughs> not Bill, certainly not. Like No, no, definitely not. The guy is uh he's on borrowed time already. Yeah. You know what's wild? I didn't realize Blaine Gabbert was still in the league. Ra- who does he play for? Is he the Raiders, right? Didn't he come in for Leaf for Jimmy? <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't he come in for the Chiefs? Or was it the Chiefs? It, it was the Chiefs, yeah. He- yeah, you're right. You're right. It was the Chiefs. I just, I just saw that come across my Twitter feed. That was like Blaine Gabbard now entering the game, and I was like, didn't he get kicked out of the league like seven years ago? <laughs> yeah, I did not think that he was still playing. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, just a name. Um, I will say, I think the the Cowboys reality check. Dak Prescott had his very typical pick when they're going in to take the game, but all right. What about the? Uh... Who's the second team there that we slated beside the Jags? The, oh, Dolphins. the Dolphins. We really need to talk about the Dolphins. Yeah. Are the Dolphins the best team in the NFL? 
So I think, A, it's all McDaniel. I think we can all agree on that. It's McDaniel and the fact that they have just like a group of the fastest NFL players. It's like the Raiders, what the Raiders have been trying to build for the last decade. They were able to pull it off. So good for them. Um, I will say, though, I think, A, once there's a lot more tape on what Mike McDaniel wants to do, and B, once somebody can make Tua uncomfortable, I think the offense looks a, a lot different. So this is week three. Um, I definitely, they look like the best team in the NFL right now, but I, I just don't really trust them like come playoff time. That's, this is a way too early playoff prediction, but I think they could end up being the one seed in the AFC and then, um, you know, kind of get exposed by one of those more perennially um, competitive teams. It also wants weather changes. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. 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 If you have to go play in Buffalo in fucking December, it's over, you know, like that's how why you... the one seed so important to them. Yeah. They just need to win as many games as possible. Yeah. Just keep it at hard rock. I will agree that McDaniel's play comes the no look shuffle pass for the was the sexiest football play I think I've ever seen. Um, and they found a cheat code with Tyreek Hill, just put him in motion and then snap the ball so he's already got a like a head of steam going and nobody can guard him it's like canadian football which i kind of want tyreek hill even though like it makes zero sense but i want him to go play in the canadian football league for like one year right now because they have you can run to the line he would be the greatest player what do you mean he can run to the line so in the nfl you're not allowed to run forward on a motion oh you mean you can get a running start (laughs) arena football you can start like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and just dead sprint and then they'll snap it right when you get to the line i did not know you were allowed to do that that's awesome could you imagine him at full speed as the ball snapping at the line of scrimmage i mean he's more or less doing that right now when he's getting the head of steam like uh motioning out yeah but i mean that's so even though McDaniel's obviously scheming very well and drawing up like really cool plays, just having Tyreek Hill, yeah, like is is looking like any other Chiefs won a Super Bowl, so you can't say that they lost the deal, but like Tyreek Hill's still really damn good. Yeah, and I think if you're looked like last year, obviously they cobbled the pieces together, and you know against Chicago it looked fine, but that offense has been struggling. Kansas City's been struggling, and I think. Like, obviously, they wanted to bring that to the logical conclusion of, like, how few weapons can we give Mahomes? <laughs> and it looks like they might have hit bedrock, and it's like, you got to still have some guys out there. Right. Right. So. But, yeah, 70 points. I mean, that's you know, almost an NFL record. Like, obviously, a pretty uh, a pretty monumental um, offensive explosion. But I, the the fascinating thing is there's there hasn't really been a coach outside of, you know, maybe Shanahan who's been able to sustain like an offensive evolution basically since Shanahan, right? Like, like the main person that comes to mind is McVay and the fact that the McVay thing came in, took the league by storm. They're leading everything in the offense. And then there was that Super Bowl against the Patriots. They got held to three points. And then it felt like they just never got back to that point. And they won a Super Bowl post that, but it wasn't really on the back of like an, a historically explosive offense, you know? So and it seems like the reason why is because teams kind of evolve along with these, um, you know, with, with the offenses as they evolve and they just don't become nearly as potent as they used to be. And I wonder like what the kind of timeline is like that for McDaniel. Um, and then the other point I wanted to bring up on that is talking about positionless uh, football. I saw a really interesting piece on how 
the Dolphins are kind of embracing this positionless football and the way to stop it is to embrace positionless football on the defensive side of the ball and have much more of these kind of like linebacker, linebacker safety hybrids um, and guys that just in general can, can run with people more and that it's less important to be able to bully people kind of at the line of scrimmage when they're running these, you know, free releases up the sideline um, and have people who can run with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an incredible offense and, We'll see. Did they put too much on film? Did they put too much on film on Sunday? That's what I'm worried about. More Gee, halfback dive. Talking about great offense, let's talk about the Titans. <laughs> I, I was hoping we could not. <laughs> what it was, um, <laughs> I don't know. It was a painful watch. I will say that. Um, I I was surprised. I'm I'm not even that upset. Like again, you know, maybe we just pull the plug. Put Will Levis in there. Put Malik in there. Let's lose a bunch of games. Let's get Caleb Williams. Well, um, at what point do you want to go out there and actually evaluate some of those young guys? I know you kind of did with Malik Willis. We're doing that right now. <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, uh, me? I would. They'd already be in. Like Tannehill would be on the bench. I, I like Malik and Levis would be splitting time. Gee, I, but I don't get is the Titans right now should take what ever even if it's like a six-round pick from the Jets for Tannehill and just put in your young quarterbacks I I just don't think the Jets would want Tannehill oh I, stop I it I feel like they would take Tannehill it would, Tannehill is like a worse are, are they that upset with Zach Wilson yes Zach Wilson is is worse than than having nothing out there it has been terrible I'd be happy to ship Tannehill away. I, I like I like him. I like Tannehill. He's been really good for the franchise. Like yeah. it's just sad, but he's given us our best years since I've been alive. Wow. Um, he's but, also had Derrick Henry in his exactly. prime. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of he's kind of like Jimmy G. Like he just needs yeah. help around him to be good. But um, yeah, I feel like you you drafted quarterbacks in back to back drafts, and even if neither of them are good. You guys aren't really great, so you might as well throw them out there and ship Tannehill off. That's just kind of my thinking. Yeah, I, I wonder what's going I, on behind the scenes. agrees with you, but Vrabel wants to win games. Which uh, I get. He's a head coach. He's not the one. Yeah. Well, he is the one pulling the strings in the front office, although I don't know why we ended up with one. I just I, – I don't know what's going on with the Titans. I, I don't – What is the uh, – what's the, what's the word from, like, the beat folks – the beat, the beat folks don't know what's going on either. Nobody knows what's happening. It's like, all right, like we're, we're right now, the plan is to compete uh, and, and try and scrape our way into the playoffs. Although losing 27, three to a, not a great offensive team in my opinion. Defense is really good though. Defense so is really good, And they, they tore us apart. Um, like like our our offensive line is still that that needs to be fixed. Like you, you can't put he was pressured on solely on Tannehill and and the receivers. The, the receivers have been okay actually. It's just been like Tannehill doesn't have any time to throw. Um, and on the other side of the football is America's sweetheart Deshaun Watson finally picking up steam. <laughs> no, I, I just think he's playing against the worst cornerbacks. Did you guys see the throw he had in the game? Yeah, the throw backwards. Backwards, yeah. That was bad. What? Yeah, what, what are you doing? Like, I saw that and was like, oh, he's going to get benched the whole thing. And then I just saw his his stat line when it ended. And it was like, fuck. I was genuinely shocked because 
a, a team that I'm rooting against. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a team I'm rooting against do something like that. It's always the team I want to win that does the <laughs> boneheaded, just what are you doing thing. And so it was great to be on that side. And then we proceeded to score three points. I was going to say, it was a good moment right before I uh, ended up getting waxed. And uh, uh, so the Titans are now sitting at one and two right there with the New England Patriots who picked up a big win this weekend. That's true. It was uh, scary. It, it came down to the end. You guys gave back the Jets. It felt like three times the ball at the end of the game. <laughs> Part of watching post Tom Brady Patriots football is becoming very comfortable with just going like, you know, the touchdowns don't get scored in this game. That's fine. You know, we don't, that's not how, that's not how the game's won over here. We are going to play a lot of defense and then we're going to hand the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson and get two yards per dive. Yep. Lots of punts, but we'll hold out. We'll win an ugly exactly how Belichick likes it. Exactly how we like it. You guys are using Ezekiel Elliott way yeah. more than I ever thought you guys would use him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a uh, you know I I think the two of the two of them is are not a bad uh, running back punch. You know I think he's doing well. Um, it's sad because I I feels like every part of the offense and a lot of this is because it's just on paper is just so bad. And they feel fine, you know, like there's flashes here and there. Mac doesn't look terrible. The weapons don't look terrible. Um, obviously, you need better than not terrible to uh, compete in the NFL. But still, you know, it's a good place to start. And hopefully they grow from here. Um, it was good to get a win. Yeah, I mean, you can't complain with at the end of the day. Absolutely cannot. Team that beat the uh, that beat the Bills. So, And what's that, like 11 straight wins against the Jets? A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jet fans. Just I know, to... I know. That one's it's that so one's this year. <laughs> yeah, right, right when uh, right when Rogers tore his Achilles at the beginning of the season, the the tweets from Jets fans were were pretty funny. Yeah, pretty rough. So I want to. I think there's a big distinguisher right now in the NFL, and I think you can see it earlier in the season if you're looking at who's actually good, who's like riding their defense, and maybe they're good, but their offense isn't going to win them anything, and then who's just bad. You can yeah. kind of see now. And the biggest distinguisher of that is, are they ending the game with a drive that secures them the first down to run out the clock or secures them the game-winning score, you know, on that last drive? Do they have the ball and are they taking the game at the end? Sure. Is this a Charger statement? The worst example of that, or I guess should say the best example, but the worst example of neither team wanting to do that was Vikings Chargers, where neither team wanted to ice that game. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to look this up, but it feels like every single year there's like a Chargers Vikings just like mid off in the middle of the season, and I had thought that they played already this year. Like when I was looking at it, I was like. Oh, the Chargers and the Vikings are both in a game where the quarterbacks refuse to win. Like, didn't this happen two weeks ago? Like, what game was that? It was right. the Titans. That's it was a little bit hard. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> a, a guy throws for 400 yards, and that's refusing to win. I think the game was managed horribly, uh, which is nothing new with the Chargers. It's been that way for the last 20 years. Um, hey, Jeep, hey, Jeep, does I, I'm not familiar with how the Chargers call plays. Does Herbert call plays and all the get, plays he gets stats? Is that it? So those are good players. What, what are you talking about? I just, I just saying like I don't, I, I clearly the Kellen Moore experience is, uh, is not off. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Uh, Brandon Staley, I don't trust him. The, 
Like, the, what, what was, is the guy supposed to do? What is Herbert supposed to do? put him in a I don't think you can have both of them right though. Like, like if he throws for 400 yards, it's not just because he's so good. And then when it comes down to at the end of the game and the margins become a little tighter and he just can't make it happen anymore. I don't think you can entirely blame. I don't think you can put both of those on the coaching staff, you know, I will, I will see this to you, Eugene. I'm going to blame Herbert a bit on that last drive where they literally had four downs because they went to it for it on fourth and one from their own 30. And he couldn't get a first and four downs to ice the game. But it's also the dumbest decision I have seen in professional football to go for it on fourth and one from your own 30 in a game where you can only lose if the other team scores a touchdown with under a minute left. That was What, the- uh, what would the analytics say about that? punt <laughs> i even think the analytics are with the punt i don't know but was it, anyone it, wa- was anyone watching that broadcast or just on red zone i was on red zone i, I yeah. was watching it or I you was were yeah did they mentioned did they mention anything about the analytics i i don't remember because no. I, I had the titans game on too ah. so i don't think i had the sound on on that gotcha. um in, in week one the eagles went for it on like fourth and two from their from the opponents like 45 at the end of the game Against the Patriots, that was. And yeah. Dumb play call. We turned it over, and the Patriots had a chance to go back and win. But imagine doing that on your own 30. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> like that. So dumb. And then Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins did. He threw a pick. So, like, and not fully his fault. Went off hospital. Not at all his fault. That was not at all his fault. Also, anecdotally, did you see the outfit that Kirk Cousins wore to the stadium? No, what he wear? He was wearing, like, a, like, like plaid plaid cargo shorts and like a white polo and everyone was like he's just apparently he was rocking like the coles ball collection or something <laughs> but i love it kirk cousins man is he really religious he strikes me as someone who would be really yes, religious. yes he is what nfl quarterback isn't <laughs> good ones for the most part right <laughs> Yeah, I don't see Brady being too religious. No Brady, no Mahomes, no yeah. Herbert. No Mahomes is. No Burrow. Mahomes, is Mahomes super religious? I don't know if how super is a loose term, but I know Mahomes and Burrow definitely both thank God in the postgame. Oh, do they? Oh, well, then I stand corrected. Yeah. Good job, God. Keeping Dylan, them on the tracks. Well, you would say the best, the, 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 the most religious quarterback that is certainly not the best was Carson Wentz. Yes. Definitely. It feels like you always have those kinds of stories. Yeah. It's like the really religious. Is Jalen Hurts really religious? Yes. He yeah. seems like religious in his own kind of like. <laughs> but I think he's the religious where it's like, like I've said before, he's like your Madden, my player responses. Yes. Interview questions. And he's like, praise God. God's the reason that I ran for 150 yards and had. No, it's not. <laughs> it was the um, offensive line but well guys we're trying to get ad revenue we can't be denouncing god on the podcast not again um but yeah so two more segments here with the nfl <laughs> one being the bears i think the bears had the worst week in nfl history definitely their defensive coordinator who really knows what happened but none of it's good it can't be good it's, they it's, said it was inappropriate, but not criminal, whatever that means. And however that means the FBI is involved. Immediately resigned, got a lawyer. It's clearly terrible. 
Yes. Justin Fields blames the coaching staff for all the issues. <laughs> right afterwards, too. Yeah. Like within like like three hours of <laughs> the coach designing. On that same day where everything happened, Soldier Field was robbed for a hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise. It was like uh like lawnmowers and stuff, right? They just broke it down and drove them out. <laughs> what is going and then of course they play on the weekend and in front of Taylor Swift. Who I guess they're official now, officially friends, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. get a 41 unanswered points dropped on them in what looked like a peewee football team playing against a bunch of all pros. Like it was just what is going on with Chicago? Yeah. Um, I think I think uh and I know that we're gonna do a segment with advice on them later. So um I don't want to get too much into the how do we fix it, but Okay, let's do the thing with the Bears because I have a different person actually for Sage Advice that I think would be much better. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Well, then my advice is burn it down, get rid of Ryan Poles, start over because this is not going to work. And I don't know that you can point the finger at any of the players when it's such a clearly organizational problem. And that includes Justin Fields. Like, obviously, he hasn't played very well, but if there's just no track record of being able to develop anybody, I don't know how you can can hang your hat on being able to develop a quarterback in the NFL. Probably the most difficult thing to do. Many teams do it poorly, um, and I just I don't think you can put the blame on him. Now, does that mean that he's permanently broken? It might. I don't know. They might have they might have just ruined his whole career, and that's that's totally fine. Um, but burn it to the ground. Start over. Get rid of Eberflus. Get rid of Poles. Yeah, hire me. Give me a competitive offer. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like get eighty thousand dollars a year. Give me eighty thousand dollars a year. I've got everything. Um, I don't. Is think- it you as like a consultant, or are you getting hired as the GM? What's the GM? GM. Oh, GM GM discount relative oh, to the. Uh, oh, your value, Jeep. <laughs> I, I yeah, know you'd be the third Richmond GM, wouldn't you? Yeah. <sighs> Helpful. Hey, I'm in the GM school. There we go. Um, yeah, there are sad times in Chicago. (laughs) I just, they had so much, they're kind of like the Jets. They had so much hope going into the season, especially with Aaron Rodgers gone from, from the Packers. And they just look so unprepared to play football every week. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what are these guys doing during the week? Like, are they all working other jobs and then they show up like it's rec league? (laughs) I don't I don't get how they can be this bad. And again, I would say about Justin Fields. You found out the entire Bears secondary has e-commerce jobs. Right. Like mob shipping. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Justin Fields, I'm not fully out on him, but. I might be out on Chicago and Justin Fields like. He needs when, to go to like the Titans, and they just run no, the fuck no, we can, we don't know how to develop Justin Fields. Um, the Justin Fields needs a very friendly system, something like the Ravens, like the Eagles have, where you can basically hide his inability to. It's yeah, it's a backhanded compliment. It's I've I've said it the whole time. I I. I, I, the system works uh, and he needs something like that and he needs it soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what the bears were doing. Cause like they were, 
they, they'd have him just kind of push the ball down the field when they, when the game was still close. And then when it's not close, they're like, all right, Justin run now, like do whatever you want. And then he gets injured. So it's like, what, what? I, they're a dumpster fire. My biggest advice to Chicago would be pay for good locks on soldier fields gates. That was the, that was the biggest problem from the weekend. The start small, fix one problem at a time. <laughs> All those jerseys that they stole are going to be in the discount section of Dick soon when the players yeah. are no longer on the team. It's like, oh, why would you steal Bears jerseys? Why would you steal Bears jerseys right now? You're not yeah. going to get anything for those. Uh, yeah. Definitely not going to appreciate in value. Last NFL segment, but uh, don't worry, Swifties. We'll we'll talk about Taylor later. Yes, yeah. will be in the NFL. It's her own segment. Um, we've been doing a QB rankings, and by we, I mean I've been tweeting them out with no no input from Skyler and Jeeb each week before before each week thank you for clarifying that i don't want to be associated <laughs> um but what do you guys think about how week three turned out and i'll read you off the list so this was before Please. the one o'clock games mahomes at one i gave him the king's crown got lamar jackson at two full battery which by the way the ravens lost that was kind of a shocker yeah yeah joe burrow but i put him he's hurt you know it's kind of iffy josh allen i did the Pika, the peaking one, because you know it's kind of scary these days. Uh, Tua, stock rising. Lawrence, I put the hammer and wrench, like he's going to work. Uh, <laughs> Hertz, I put a gold medal because all he does is win. Uh, and that's seven. Prescott's eight with the shrug. Herbert at nine with the bronze medal because all he does is lose. <laughs> at 10, I put Goff with the light bulb, like he's figuring it out. Sure. I like the explanation of the emojis. I gotta say, I I think that you have hurt slower than even I would have him. What 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 are we doing here? What are we- <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. G, where G, would you have him? Yeah, G, where would you have him? <laughs> I would. I would, um, I would switch him and Herbert. Uh, Herbert would probably be like five for me. I do think Herbert is uh, is a little low, but we know who's that, making. That, you're just making a point with that. There's no way you actually think. <laughs> I raised him a spot. What are you mad at me? He was ten last week. Um, <laughs> I think Joe Burrow at three. I like. I get that he's got the calf going on, but he has not played like the third best quarterback in the NFL. So I, and again, like I understand why you did it because we all know what he's capable of. Um, that's my biggest gripe. What about Josh Allen at four? Yeah, I think I think it's I tough like to think Joe Burrow right now because he's just hurt. So I think it's it's both unfair to put him much lower, and but then it's also not really fair to like we're not really evaluating his current play. So yeah. um, it feels like Josh Allen is probably right there. I think Tua is much lower. I think he's obviously real like he's having a great year, but yeah, I don't he- think he's showing anything like new. I, yeah, think- I really do wonder like what happens when you put Brock Purdy in that Dolphins offense. He'd be great. I mean, Brock Purdy's great in the 49ers offense. So I don't even think we need to worry. Like, I don't think we needed to wonder much. Yeah, but he, he's like just overall very unimpressive. Yeah, Brock I don't, he's, I don't think he's doing much himself. Yeah. So I would have Herbert and Jalen Hurts both above Tua. Um, but I'd probably put I'd put Jalen Hurts at five probably right now. Uh, I have two ahead of Hertz. 
I will say Hertz hasn't played this week. So if plays tonight, he plays well, I, I would I would tend to agree. But I it's a pretty stingy defense. So it's definitely I, I think Herbert is is much higher, but I think that his problem exists on like an odd plane of like he's just very bad at closing games. Like obviously his quarterback abilities are through the roof, but if you can't close games, it's kind of the thing, right? Johnny Manziel had through the roof really? count. Did he? <laughs> He had off the field issues. <laughs> that was yeah, the uh, thing that stopped Johnny Manziel. Yeah, uh, that, that was it. It wasn't the fact that me and Johnny Manziel are the same height. That, that was never going to factor in. I mean, what about Ryan Leaf and all these other guys that were prototypical? Deshaun Kaiser. That's my the one I always think about. That guy was Ryan crazy. Leaf had like a debilitating opioid addiction. That was not about his ability really? to not close out. I had no idea. All right, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, was... Ryan, Ryan Leaf like full on went to rehab for like many years. Did not know. Yeah. Good to know. I won't. I won't slander. Yeah. Well, head. what about Deshaun Kaiser? What's his excuse? I just think he was like the prototype, perfect like build for a quarterback. How big was Deshaun Kaiser? He was like six six. What? I didn't realize he was six six. Yeah, I, I didn't remember him being that big. Six six pro style quarterback. Let me look it up. So I'm not super uninformed. Six four. Well, All right. We're about to get cut off. But, so. All right. Good NFL. Good NFL. You know what I want to know? I want to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Where is Lou Holtz? Me and all my homies hate Lou Holtz. (laughs) Sean, how did you watch that one? Ryan Day just had a Richard Sherman moment, circa NFC Championship. I, I, right from the get go, I was like, he's not talking about Lou Holtz. He's talking about all the Ohio State fans that have been down his throat about not being able to win big. Yeah, games. it's the push. Yeah. It's your own boosters. It's the people yeah. funding your success who are the ones saying bad things about you. Like, why, why take it out on a seventy-eight-year-old man? Are you going to come after Sister Jean next? Like, what? <laughs> And Lou Holtz was like, if you watch the clip on the Pat McAfee show, Lou Holtz is like in an armchair. Little is like 60 pounds at this point. Can't even stand up. And he's like, Notre Dame is just the best team at everything. They're the best team in football and history. Like saying complete nonsense. <laughs> exactly. I also like afterwards, I would have thought that that Brian Day had been like, fuck you, Lou Holtz. Fuck you, everything you stand for. And he didn't even like. He talked about Lou Holtz for like one second. Then it was like, oh, Ryan Day going off on Lou Holtz. And like, he barely talks about Lou Holtz. He starts the thing with Lou Holtz and then he just gets really fired up and starts talking about Ohio against the world. To say, to call out Lou Holtz when everybody, like uh, so many other talk show hosts who are shouldn't be in retirement homes are saying this exact same stuff. It's like, yeah, he should have yelled, I want to know where the loud and uninformed podcast is. <laughs> on the hot seat. <laughs> I don't say about anybody else other than Lou Holtz. Well, like clearly, Lou Holtz is a legend, and like has been around all of it. And there was like a big soundbite for the game. Like I have no problem with that. I, people made a big deal about that. So you're defending Ryan Day going off on a 78 year old man. He didn't go off on him. I don't even think it was the. Like it is hilarious because Lou Holtz is like senile. It's very old. Yeah. <laughs> and like 
is eighty-six. Lou Holtz is like wins the award for I'm shocked he's still alive. Sure, sort of yeah. thing. But it's just like Ryan Day. You were thinking about Lou Holtz in that moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is why again I think he was projecting. But to talk about the game as a big Notre Dame fan, you can't say that like Ohio State put in um, their quarterback Kyle McCord. Give him all the credit the last drive of the game because he looked shaky the whole game and then he put together some dimes, like some absolute perfect throws. So give him all the credit. And I'm not saying Ohio State didn't put themselves in the situation to win, but Notre Dame lost that game. Notre Dame had every opportunity to win that game, did not do it. They had, even before that drive, the timeouts taken by Notre Dame just helped Ohio State at the end of the game, like bad situational awareness. I don't know why you rush three down linemen in college football. Never, ever play prevent defense unless it's a Hail Mary situation. It was third and 19, just at fourth and 19. Just just rush with the four that's been working all night. Get some pressure on the guy. It's insane. And then you get down to the goal line and inexcusable. You don't have 11 men on the field. For two straight plays. A defensive lineman, too, was the one. And the Ohio State guys up top were like, holy shit, they don't have the left defensive end in. Just run it right there. Run it at him. (laughs) You almost stopped him, which was insane. Like, they they got to him. He just dove forward. But great game. Old-fashioned style game, too. Like, Ohio State's so used to those big plays. And they got the 63-yard run touchdown, which was the only – I would consider really big play of the game. Marvin yeah. Harrison was shut down. That Notre Dame corner put himself on the map with that performance. Um, and I would say in general as a Notre Dame fan, the one positive I have, we've never had the athletes to compete in the modern era with the big names. We had a lot of freshmen and sophomore out there that were holding their own, if not outplaying people in Ohio State. And that made it really positive. Now it sucks because I don't think we have a road to the playoff anymore. But you don't think so? We can get into that, but I thought it was a great game. Sucky finish. Marcus Freeman needs to learn a little bit. Apparently, he took his headset off for the last couple of plays, which if he had it on, clearly they would have been notified that they had 10 men. Well, you heard what he said about it, right? Like he he apparently knew but didn't want to risk the offside call, which, which is just fair. His explanation made sense when you're because his his thing was if I run them on they're gonna throw the flag and if we stopped them I'm just giving them another free yeah play. they're getting a free play but why isn't there an eleven man on the field anyway sure yeah yeah <laughs> like it's the most important time of the game how do you not have your personnel right yeah just uh it just sucked I just finally wanted Notre Dame to win a big one. Yeah, they had it in the bag, too. They really did. Yeah. And Hartman's finally, like, a good quarterback for Notre Dame. Just rough. What did you guys think? I mean, I thought it was insanely entertaining. Definitely the uh, the game of the day. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was thrilling until the last second. It's good to get good college football like that. Um, I'd say I probably skew Ohio State as, like, for for what I root for from the – the like good teams and like you know i'd much rather have them win the national championship than like an sec school or anything like that so um, i was glad that they still have a path 
Um, I mean, obviously they're in the driver's seat right now, but um, I have to imagine that they'll lose at least one game in the Big Ten, and I'd still like to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, the Big Ten's going to be a gauntlet. But I um, should we do we do playoff talk now? I think we should um, wait. All right. Yeah, let's just talk the whole slate because once we talk the weekend, then we can talk. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all, y'all pretty much hit my points. Not how I saw it going. I thought uh, Emeka Igbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. were going to have nice days. Uh, they're tight in. What was that guy's name? Igbuka did have a nice day. You got to say, yeah. if there's one guy on Ohio State. Well, he well. he had that one draw that kind of would have yeah. opened the game up a little bit more for Ohio State, but um. Granted, it wasn't an easy catch. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I we'll, we'll see if Kyle McCord can hold up against teams that I think I think he'll play. Like, I think Penn State is going to score more than fourteen points. I think Michigan is probably going to score more than fourteen points. Like, we'll see if Ohio State can keep up with them. Which is weird. Ohio State, like you shouldn't be worried about Ohio State keeping up with teams, but it's and again, I I was I was like McCord looks shaky all night. He's obviously not CJ Stroud or Justin Fields or whoever they've had of recent notice. But then he put together a hell of a drive at the end. So it's kind of like maybe that was his awakening. Yeah, good growing pains. You reverse know. Justin Fields or reverse what you would consider Justin Fields. Right, exactly. <laughs> um so, you know, I, I think if you're a Michigan-Penn State fan, though, you're probably, like, chomping at the bits being, like, Ohio State did not fix their biggest issue, which is physicality in defending the run game. Because Notre yeah. Dame got going in the second half. Ohio State did a good job in the first half. also don't get why Notre Dame was using five running backs when you have the best running back in the country. And Just they love talking about it. Oh. <laughs> like, I get rotating your running backs, but when you have the most physical – beast of a running back in the country yeah give it to him in crunch time yeah (laughs) yeah so but beyond i don't think ohio state fixed their toughness problem which is why they lose to michigan yeah i think in state too yeah yeah um the other game that i was really holding my breath for this weekend was the uh colorado oregon game turns out was not very entertaining i was entertained unless you're joy (laughs) The train has derailed, and I yes, think if you were it has derailed, it did, like everybody knew this was going to happen. I think I, if, I think if you're a college football fan, like have been, you knew that this team wasn't going to match up with Oregon. Like you were, it would be insanely shocked if they pull that off. I also think Dion knew it because Dion was so quiet this week. Yeah, he didn't want any sound bites. Yeah. Uh, like he, you just know, like you don't have the guys. Their offensive line, which is not good. Yeah. Uh, they're also down their starting center. Um, and you could see it like Shador is getting his shit rocked. He was the only guy. Uh, I mean, I, I respected his ability to stand in and take the hits and he was doing it well into the fourth quarter, which I thought was an interesting decision. I get that Dion wants, doesn't want to get shut out and he wants to get his son, like the, the stats, but you're getting killed. Like, why are you risking people? Um, but they kept the starters in. Uh, I think it's reps too. Reps against Oregon, you know. I yeah, did. you're just getting slaughtered. Like, is it that important? All right. Well, maybe it is. Maybe I it is. did love the Dan Lenning 
because the Oregon head coach, for those who don't know, before the game, there was a soundbite of him talking to the team, and he's like, we're going to we're gonna settle this game on the field. We're not going for clicks today. This isn't another, like, I forget the exact quote, but it was like, they're a social media team. We, we're a real yeah, They're in it for clicks. We're in it for wins. He's Oregon. Just... The team that doesn't wear the same uniform twice. I know. <laughs> like, that, I thought that was a little bit <laughs> ironic, but it's still like, in this position, Oregon is the blue collar football, like the hard nose yeah, football. Totally. It's like totally. if you can make Oregon be the clear, just grind horse team, then you you must have something going on. But I do think like this is going to happen. They're probably going to get slaughtered against USC. Although I think they'll have a little bit more success against USC. Um, but there, there's it's still going to be a convincing loss, and they're going to lose to Utah and all the really good teams on their schedule. Um, but I, I like Prime said, get him now. Um, and I, I don't, uh, I don't want to see him do well per se. Although I'm liking him more and more as the season goes on. Uh, but... He's a realist, is what you'll say. Yeah. Games he knows his team have a winning chance. He'll talk it up. Like he'll get the buzz going. Well, and I think too, he took the loss on the he took the loss on the chin, like in the best possible way. It was just like, yeah, we got whooped, like no way around it. We got absolutely whooped, which I, you know, I love. And you know, they'll go out against Arizona State and put up seventy. So, like, <laughs> you know, I also think um, I don't know Arizona State had a pulse. They did. I thought they were dead. They had a pulse uh, with I can't believe with Drew Pine at quarterback, which was Notre Dame's like third string last year, but. USC's defense still sucks. That's the moral of that story. Like, USC yeah. put up 40-some points. They gave up 28 to Arizona State, which tells you that USC's defense is still a liability. Which we got will... shut out by Fresno State the week before, I would add. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I going across the, the Pac-12 or 2, whoever you call it, Washington, Oregon State, Pac-2, strongholds, faced off in a great game. Um, I was kind of happy whoever won. I didn't have a, a dog in the fight. Just feel for those two programs. That I uh, unfortunately gave up uh, the Oregon State play on the uh, the the show last week. So sorry if anybody listened. Hopefully you didn't. Hopefully you're smart enough not to take my pick. <laughs> it was um, a good game though. It was yeah, a good the, game. Uh, the pack the pack two championship. Yep. Greg Ward. Is this guy a, a Heisman? The Cameron Ward? What? Is it Greg? I think it's Greg. Is it? I think you might be right. You know, no, it is Cameron Ward. Greg Ward is. Greg Ward was the old, uh, yeah, the. quarterback that was yeah. the Eagles receiver. Are they related? Maybe. I don't, I don't even know. Because the other one was that they had a Janikowski kicking for them. The <laughs> Washington State did. Well, that's hype. And I have to imagine that that's a relation thing. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, you had Utah beat UCLA in a 14 to 7 game where a Kelly team gave up seven points on defense and lost. Yeah. Which is unbelievable that Chip Kelly couldn't put together more than two scores. Um, you also had Ole Miss. They are not good. They should not be ranked, which I don't think they are anymore. Um, Bama whooped them. Whooped them good. No, it was two touchdowns. Which, but it's a Bama style game. They just like outclassed them everywhere and made their way, matriculated their way down the field. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I am higher on Ole Miss than you are. Like I think they're good. I think Bama's really good. I think I honestly think Bama could possibly win the Big Ten if they were in it. 
Uh, uh, you have to say they have the best loss in college football right now, right? Bama? Yeah, to Texas. Oh, yeah. oh, you're saying Texas has the best win. The only reason they're so low is because of the showing in the immediate following week. Yeah. Um, and then I think Florida State outlasting Clemson because Clemson decided to pull a kicker out of grad school. <laughs> was just pathetic. They mentioned that on the broadcast probably 20 times and uh-huh. just couldn't miss a 29-yarder. It was brutal. Which now yeah. I think we're ripe to get into playoff talk. Yeah. I think Florida State is officially the first team to punch their ticket to the playoff. Well, we'll mm-hmm. see. But so I the hard episodes ago, I I agreed with you. I'm like, if they get past Clemson, like maybe Florida will be tough. But I didn't love just the eye test. Like, I get Clemson's good, their defense is really good. Jordan Travis did not look as comfortable in that game as he did against LSU. So I'm wondering if there's still I mean, there's a lot of potential in that offense, like Johnny Walker, um, obviously Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman. Johnny Walker blue label or Johnny Walker black label? Um, I think he's like kind of light skinned. So (laughs) (laughs) come on. I guess I set you up for that. (laughs) I'm sorry if if that uh, requires some editing or no, it's fine. There are there are three ranked teams left on Florida State's schedule with Duke, Miami. Duke's um, good too. You know, I this is not a team you that stumbleproof. Saw Florida State against Boston College. I I just think that was a a letdown spot since they had Clemson the next week. But like we've seen their potential to stink it up. Yeah. If Clemson loses a game, they're done. I don't think, like from what you're saying, how they've played on paper, they're undefeated, and they have talent. They have a good win against LSU. That's only I think going to get better. Um, but it was a neutral site game too. So it wasn't like they went into Baton Rouge or anything like that, but they have to lose to not make the playoff at this point in my mind. And if they get by Duke, get by Miami, ACC ain't tough this Florida, year. Florida is the, the big, that, that's honestly my, there's rivalry game in the swamp. Florida looks good against Tennessee. I, I think Florida could be the, uh, the spoiler, but I don't think it'll happen. So. So we're talking playoff implications from this weekend. And Skyler, you asked me if Notre Dame, I don't think they have a chance. It's just such a hard road now because, A, I think you need Ohio State to at least make the Big Ten championship game, which is a tall task with Michigan and Penn State both looking really good. I think you have to hope Clemson keeps playing well, wins games, and then destroy them when Notre Dame plays them later. They have Duke next week on college game day. Notre Dame's back-to-back college game day, so they have to beat Duke pretty handily. And then they have USC, who I don't think is going to win the Pac-12 after this weekend. Like, I think Washington's good. I think Utah's good. You have to beat USC and hope they win (laughs) the Pac-12. So it's just a lot that has to happen that's out of their hands. Well, I don't know. You think you win out from here. I think that there are less variables than that, don't you think? I think winning out, like just looking at their schedule, it's such a grind. And I think yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so much most of these games. Like they'll be favored. Last second loss to Ohio State still gets you in. Yeah, but I I said this last week. I think Ohio State was the one that you need 
And if they had a last second loss to say USC or something, I think sure. that would have been even worst. Though the worst team to lose to. I think it would have looked better. <laughs> sure. No, because it makes sense because you've proven you can beat an Ohio State. Yeah. I get that. And I just think it's too much out of their hands to win. And now, you know, it's college football. At the end of the year, maybe Florida State's undefeated, Georgia's undefeated, and then you have a bunch of one-loss teams. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that so, road – I will say i got to give props to Texas. They for once did not play down to an opponent and actually beat the crap out of Baylor. Maybe this is a new Texas. They're here. Uh, so maybe they'll go undefeated. You know, I don't really think who does Texas have left? Um Kansas State, Kansas, right. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, who looks good. Like yeah. there, there are still a lot of losable games for them. And I, I predicted they'd go nine and three. I uh, that's probably not gonna happen. But on the other side of things, there is a real possibility. We're in the last year of the college football playoff. Not a real possibility. But uh, if this were to happen, what if there are five undefeated conference champion blue blood programs? Like what? Somebody just gets absolutely screwed and it would be hilarious. It would be so funny. But it would be Florida State, whoever wins the Big Ten out of that trio, which they're all blue bloods, Texas. Georgia and probably the USC, maybe Oregon, maybe Oregon, maybe Washington. Washington, Washington looks good. Um, that'd be hilarious. I think you would kick out Florida State. Well, we, I mean, we haven't even seen. I just, I just think resume wise, the ACC is the weakest comp- conference. Yeah, but like if Florida State rolls everybody and there's a team that barely th- – this is not a debate even worth having because, like, there's <laughs> no chance it happens. But it would it would just be hilarious. Like, there would be a really upset fan base. Um, I would like to see USC get cucked. I think that would be – I don't think whoever if, – if whoever runs the table in the Pac-12 is instantly in the playoff. The Pac-12 is good this year. Pac-12 is very good. What a sad year to be the last year for the Pac-12, but – I would say the one the one thing that will be sad with an expanded playoff is that the absolute like balls to the wall and the great atmosphere that was Notre Dame Ohio State where Ryan Day clearly wanted this more than anything Marcus Freeman wanted this more than anything that's just not going to be as important anymore because whoever loses that game in the future still feels like they're a lock for the playoff so I think expanding the playoffs, although good to give more opportunity, you're going to lose this type of game in week four of the college football season, you know? It's closer so, to the NFL, where right. you don't care. Because you schedule that game when it's a 12-team playoff. You schedule that game going, if we lose this game, this looks great on our resume. <laughs> yeah. But don't you, don't you want to exist as a fan in a world where that's the reality? No. That's, that's why everybody likes college fo- the people who like college football better like it because the regular season is cutthroat whereas one game in the NFL regular season doesn't mean anything like no but I mean obviously it still means something it's just yeah, I, I mean you can lose three to four games and still have the one seed so it doesn't not really the NBA mean. it's not the NBA but the NFL is a little different week to week than it is college football for sure 
No, I 100% agree as it currently stands. But what I'm saying is that would it not like, would you not want to have a world where uh, programs are more likely to schedule good competitive games against the top level teams in the regular season because they're no longer scared of losing one game and not having a chance of, of going to, you know, playing. If there's not that urgency to win, but you're still not going to get in if you lose more than two games. So if you're Ohio state and you have Notre Dame, Michigan and Penn state all on your schedule, you're probably still interacting with those games the same way that you would have normally. But I just think that now if you're like, I don't you know, know if you're going to get a Ryan Day, where is Lou Holtz reaction if there's a 12-team playoff implications? Yeah, maybe like, not. Oh, maybe we not. might have to play the, these guys again. Like, you're going to say something more reasonable. The wins are definitely sweeter, but I just wonder if we get better games because of that, because teams aren't as afraid to schedule. I can see what you're saying. Back need to build resumes with good losses. It becomes more like college basketball. You're thinking like a television exec. That's what all the, <laughs> you need to go. I'm thinking like somebody who enjoys watching good football games. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to watch Florida state play Southern miss and beat them 66 to three. That's not entertaining. They shouldn't play that game. Oh. Put a heinous amount of money on the point spread and then it will be entertaining. for you. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. suppose I, think, I hadn't considered that. I think we've uh, done our best with the college football playoff predictors this early into the year, but I, I think this week was a big, uh, implication for what needs to happen the rest of the year for some teams. Um, but the college football season will only get better because we're going to get some heavy hitters playing each other. What uh, do you guys think about Georgia real quick? I think Georgia, maybe they're not as good as the last two years, but they wear the crown and they keep winning. So I still put them at one. That's that's how I feel about it too. I agree, but they like in my true power rankings – they are not one right now. Like, well, like Michigan's think, two. Michigan's two. And what has Michigan done this year? Nothing. What did Michigan do last year? To, see, that's the thing. It's like they, they they got embarrassed by a team that got embarrassed. So I, I'm I'm not high on Michigan. Like Michigan's the same team that it was last year. I think I'm excited about Penn State. I think Penn State could be like really I hope, good. I hope Penn State has a year, and I've never been a Penn State fan. But it'd be nice to see somebody else come out besides Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, it would be. Um, all right. And I would say one last thing. Love Luke Mack, dear friend of my heart. He had the audacity to text me the day after the game and say that the refs were biased towards the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> the audacity to do that. <laughs> I don't even know why, why he felt the need to send that. An Ohio State fan for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, He's, he's a Buckeye through and through. Ohio versus the world, I guess. Um, all right. I want to I want to do a new one. Um, bad tweet or just unfortunate? I think you see a lot across Twitter on, on football weekends where you have a lot of pundits put out tweets that never age well. But do you guys think that the tweet was just bad from the get-go or is it just unfortunate that it played out that way? Like, was it coming from a genuine space? So to start off, we have rival podcaster Bill Simmons. Sorry. Um, he said, oh. Thursday night, he goes, Purdy looks horrible. When are they going to start cutting to Sam Darwald on the sideline? What do you guys I think? think? 
I, I think that's just in general a, a bad tweet. He's coming back. Things have looked fine. And then obviously he turned it right around. So I, I just don't know that. Like, what are we doing here, Bill? Like, who's calling for Brock Purdy's seat right now? Nobody. Nobody. In fact, there was a, a very long and strenuous uh exhibition to try to take his seat away from him well he couldn't even defend it and nobody came close and so it's just yeah probably one of the colder quarterback seats in the nfl right now which is crazy yeah gee what do you think i just don't like bill simmons all that much like I, I, <laughs> he, he's uh his voice is a little bit annoying um sure. I don't love him either. He's a hard boss. Opinion on sports. So, yeah, bad tweet. <laughs> that's, that's just dumb. All right. Other rival podcaster. They're on the number one spot. We got to knock him off. Yeah. Uh, Big Cat from Barstool Sports said, Jordan loved the guy. And then he put the Tim Robinson gif of, You sure about that? You sure about that? From I think you should leave. Um, that was in the first half of the Saints Packers. Unfortunate tweet or bad tweet? I think that one's unfortunate. What do you think, Jeeb? I don't know. I think Big Cat like tries to tweet bad stuff. That is true. It was anti-Packers, so it's definitely yeah. I, so I, I'm not gonna say it was a bad tweet. I'm gonna I don't say think it was unfortunate either because I think Jordan Love's kind of good. I just I just think it was like very. I think he knew it was gonna age. But I think it was a good tweet because that his goal is just <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, I thought it was a bad tweet just because he's a Bears fan, and Bears fans should just shut the hell up right now. <laughs> well, I think part of his shtick is like that rooting for the Bears is so bad that he's gone to the other side, and he no longer has any expectations. So, yep, yep. Um. Okay. Next one from Danny Cannell and RG 3s uh, tweet chain. <laughs> Look at this. Did you look at this Twitter exchange that they had over the weekend? I did. I agree with Danny. Like I, I, I get like RG three. I think like the the initial when he was making sex jokes on ESPN. Like yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but that guy has tweeted some really just awful takes. Like he is, I, uh, I don't know. And I really like Danny Cannell. So uh, I, that was a. Uh, Good tweet on Danny's part because, you know, if you can get exposure through RG3, hey, might as well. Uh, and then a usual bad tweet from RG3. <laughs> I, I thought I owned him, to be honest with you. Um, he had receipts ready to go. Danny Cannell, I like his podcast that he's on the cover three. Um, no free advertisements. That's going to bleep. Um, but I do think... He was coming. He's been not on the Colorado chain, which I get. You don't have to be on the Colorado train. But RG3 called him out for it, and he acted like he was like non-biased about it, <laughs> which just was not true. <laughs> no, I, th- I think he's been relative. Like, he... He got the, into the tweet exchange with... He, uh, he tweeted something, like, son. very realistic. I don't remember what ex- exactly it was. And Deion Sanders quote tweeted it or something or quote actually Deion Sanders Jr. Oh, Deion Sanders Jr. got into it with him. So it's like, all right, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, so I understand why the, the whole cover three podcast does not want to see Deion do well. And they're also like they're well aware, like Bud Elliott knows 
the talent better than anybody. Like he knows that they're eighth graders going against a, a team in that situation. So like they know what's going to happen. And I, like, I don't think they're biased against Colorado. I think they, they're, they're just like realists about it and they see what Dion's doing and they're looking at it objectively. I don't think it's biased. Um, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I thought it was a bad tweet. Sounds like you're leaning towards unfortunate. It's kind of tough with the tweet exchange. Wait, but... which part? Which part of the Twitter? Yeah, we, uh, where are we grading it? I just think Danny Cannell, he just wasn't, he's not for the, <laughs> he's not for the Colorado train, which is fine once again, but RG3 kind of just owned him. With the, I, I disagree. Uh, unless, uh, unless there's like it extended and I didn't see part of it, I thought, Danny Cannell brought up a very good point. It's like, oh, why are we not Danny talking about said, Danny Cannell said, Danny Cannell said from the tweet, he goes, I'm sorry, I went to church while you were probably busy making TikToks. That's just such a douchebag line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely side with RG3 on the whole thing, but I also think there's a problem with like what? NFL people supporting NFL people, you know, like there's such like a Dion can do no wrong kind of thing, which like granted, I really like Dion and I think he's doing a lot of good stuff. Um, but I, I do think that if you're if you work for ESPN and you're part of the content machine and you're just generating the Dion stuff on top of the like being an NFL guy and being like super pro other NFL guys, like I I understand uh, uh, Canels, but he definitely dug himself into a hole he was not able to dig himself out of. No. Um, okay, one one last tweet here. Oh, I, like, I I just totally disagree. Hold on. No, like the last thing he was saying, like the, the thing that got me from it was he was like, Danny Cannell was like, where were you when like all of these other teams went from like terrible to really good. And RG three was like right here and like posted tweets of when he was saying like, this is, this is the greatest turnaround. Hey, in talking about Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, nowhere I, near the, Oh, it's like one tweet versus an entire fortune 500 company like investing so much money into colorado exposure it's 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 like but you can you can at least appreciate that part of the reason that you're feeling that way beyond the twitter exchange is the fact that colorado is getting an outsized amount of media attention yes i think the media is why everybody wants to see colorado get fucked up Yes, but then I think he went too far and said, like, there's nothing to cover here. And RG3 is like, what are you talking about? Clearly, there's something to cover here. And I right. think a lot of the Colorado detractors at the beginning of the season were saying they'll win two games all year, right? So, like, obviously, they're not as good. They're not like... They'll win five, all right. <laughs> yeah, they'll win five, you know? <laughs> they'll win six, who knows? But I do think there's a degree of, like... uh he definitely, the TCU game was pretty incredible. And there was like a three-week stretch in there that was pretty incredible. And now they're coming back down to earth. And you know what? Well, when, they lose the US, when they lose to USC and they have two losses, but then they rattle off five wins, like, <laughs> he'll be back in, in conversation. Yeah. They, people. No, they, they're going to get slaughtered. Like, the, the rest of their schedule is not great. They're going to get slaughtered, and it's still going to be the same. Maybe not five wins. But if they're a four-loss team at the end of the year, it would still be a story. Yeah, for sure. They're, right. they're not going to be a four lot. Like, that's physically impossible. <laughs> physically <laughs> impossible. <laughs> um, Literally physically impossible. Last tweet here. Um, I didn't send this to you guys earlier because I just found it. But so it's if you blindly listen to the media, you would think Jalen Hurts is the second coming of Jesus. 
when you watch him play, you realize he is Taysom Hill with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really struck was a nerve. That, was that, that, was that tweet from Jeeb? It might, that, it might have been from Jeeb. I got called a, a not very nice word that I can't say on air uh, because of that tweet. And uh, clearly <laughs> it bothered you enough to bring it back into the uh, – that is that is one of the most hilarious hater takes I've ever heard in my entire life. I honestly want to give you a hill with weapons. Case of the hill with weapons is so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's you got an opportunity to prove me wrong tonight. I mean, you literally were saying last week on the pod that you don't hate J- Jalen Hurts, that you actually like him. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I I'd like him as a person. I again, I hate the media attention that he gets. Uh, and I don't respect his football abilities as much as other people seem to. So, but you can, but like the beyond the media yeah. attention, Taysom Hill's a, a good football player. Oh Taysom, my god! Oh, stop it! Would take the Eagles. He he would get the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. Like, oh my god! You can't actually believe that, can you? Uh, didn't take over for Derek Carr. I think Taysom Hill would win some games on the Eagles. That's a different conversation. Nobody said that. I think he would. I think Taysom Hill. Do I think Jalen? Like I genuinely think Taysom Hill Hill, could win the Eagles two games. What? In the whole year. You think Taysom Hill would win two games? I think with. Three or four, but not. I, I would say that they win five games. Yeah, Dude, they're playoff. They're the one seed. Like they probably, <laughs> maybe the Niners get them, but like I think they make the Super Bowl. I how yeah, good do you think the rest? I'm the bigger here with her. The rest of the team, at least last year, was incredible. How many? How many games would the Niners win with Taysom Hill as the quarterback? Uh, I mean, like again, like Brock Purdy is in a similar situation. So as how Jeff many? Purdy. How many games? I want to hear a number. Um, I I mean I don't know their schedule off the top of my head. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out ten. I think he's a 10. ten games. What about for the Dolphins? I think you need a somebody who can throw downfield a little bit more. Um, so I think it's uh seven to eight. <laughs> I love how Taysom Hill is making the playoffs with like ten percent of the teams in the NFL. Couldn't hack it on the Saints though. Taysom Hill didn't take what, over what, the third card. When did the Saints have the best offensive line in the like a couple of years ago? The Saints were in like a very oh. similar situation as like the top oh. echelon teams. Oh, when, when Michael Thomas was injured, when no, this is like before Michael yeah, Thomas. When he got his real shot back when he was like uh, <laughs> of, of age. Yeah, Alvin Kamara too. Jeep. Also, by the way, Taysom Hill oh. doesn't have like a top five running back. Oh. Jameis Winston took over for Derek Carr when Carr got hurt this weekend. Taysom Hill didn't even get to go in the game. And he's not even good enough to get in there. Well, that's not the argument. The argument is isn't whether or not he'd be good he's on the not Saints. Good enough to be the backup on the Saints right that, now. That's just the How direction that the Saints to... went. That's the the direct like they wanted a pocket passer. Who can... And he's saying Nathan Peterman is winning is winning uh, is taking the birds to the playoffs. All right. Bottom line: bad tweet. Bad tweet. It was that's that's subjective. <laughs> This whole thing is subjective, so. And now, for sage advice from the uninformed. This week's edition of the sage advice of the uninformed. We have America's hottest new 
friend couple, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. What do you guys think? I would like for them to shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> they, another Colorado situation. There's way too much. Like ESPN this weekend posted Colorado football and Taylor Swift. <laughs> Why are they posting about Taylor Swift? What does that have to do with sports? ESPN used to be like when I was eight, I'd go, I'd turn on Sports Center, watch the top 10 plays. That is of no more. We're now listening to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship, which is it'll last three months. Like if you listen to any Taylor Swift at all, she is incapable of keeping a relationship for longer than a little while. You know, maybe she's the common denominator. Maybe it's her, although she. Um, yeah, she said, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. George, I like how you started this with like, I want them to shut the fuck up and then just delved into an analysis of like. The, the potential I, longevity I, of the relationship. <laughs> so, so, but what advice would you give to them, G? But I know how you feel now. What advice would you give them? Like, cut it off before <laughs> they get emotionally attached to each other. Because clearly, like, I don't think Travis Kelsey seems like he's ready to calm down yet. Maybe when he retires, like, like do what Gronk did. Gronk is settling down a little bit now that he's retired. But you know, you're in the NFL. You're only 33, which is, I guess, relatively young uh just just wait to do all that stuff also like never mind we won't go there (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go the complete opposite my advice is ride this media wave it feels like travis kelsey might be the most famous person in the nfl right now and uh i would not be surprised if a month from now that was uh inarguable between the uh podcast and then this um i must say in uh my household that is co-ed Travis Kelsey's name has been thrown around quite a bit more in the last uh, 72 hours than ever before uh, combined. So, um, you know, I think, I, and it's good if you're going to bring a, bring more fans to the game, bringing more fans to the game is never a bad thing. And Taylor Swift is obviously super popular. I will say though, I agree with Jeeb that occasionally uh, these things get incredibly annoying and uh, this is definitely going to get there. And it's like, it's like Travis Kelsey's, it's like the Kelsey's mom thing where i'm like i get it like we get it and now she's like in commercials and stuff and it's like okay um i feel like this situation may devolve into that at some point but for right now ride it i feel like this relationship is going to have like three weeks long span just because of how fast it's moving like she's already sitting in the box with his mom well we don't know what if they've been dating for six months already just keeping it silent that's true that's true i would say in the same thing talking to my girlfriend about it when the rumors first broke, she sent me very worried because she doesn't really follow sports, but she does follow the Eagles Instagram that has Jason Kelsey and his like kids come on every occasionally where he's like being a great father. She's like, Taylor Swift is home wrecking Jason Kelsey. I'm like, no, 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 no. Totally different. No, totally brother, different. brother. The brother. Uh, they're totally different. What what I would say to Taylor is, you know, Travis seems like a nice guy, but you need to bump down one position. If you want the real men of the football class, you've got to date the wide them. receivers. Tackles. Offensive tackles. <laughs> the wide receiver. Go no. talk to my boy Mike McGlinchey. Uh, Mike's happily married. married so I wouldn't, I wouldn't happily married. Never mind. Recently. Recently. So we don't uh, want her. We don't want her. But like, you know, Trent Williams, Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson. Or the uh, uh, Patriots broke. tackle who's got the best tattoo in the world, Trent Brown. 
who He's, for those of you who don't know has a has a tattoo of himself getting fellatio performed upon him by two <laughs> two women have you never seen this no oh man go look it up do yourself a favor go look up Tre- trent brown's arm tattoo it's wild in like full football pads too which is the funniest part okay <laughs> all right that could be yours, Taylor. That could be yours. Um, one thing I will, I would like to uh, touch on really quickly, the uh, the females that I have talked to. Uh, yes, I do talk to females. Um, Shocking. She's called women. The females that I talk to. The females. Think that Taylor Swift is way out of Travis Kelsey's league. And I think the opposite. Really? Yes. Oh, that's fascinating. Travis Kelsey is a handsome guy. Apparently not. Wow. Maybe this is a new age where you know how like the Timothy Chalamet Mm. wink has come into style. Sure, 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 sure. This would be a good year for me. (laughs) Maybe this is bending back the other way. Uh oh. Buff man. Oh, that's not good. It's my time to shine. Yeah, yeah, you're back. So, Skylar, you're happily engaged. I'm in a happy relationship. Jeeb, I've decided you have to date Taylor Swift. She's going to podcasters. You got to get on it. Yeah, yeah. That's actually what it was. It had nothing to do with the football. Really, what she wanted to sit on was the recording of the podcast. Exactly. Wow. Is that by assignment for the week? That is your <laughs> Just go week. get Taylor Swift. Yeah. Send wow. her a couple of DMs. See if anything comes of it. I have. Sure she already uh, follows the Twitter account. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, soon. <laughs> soon. But yeah. So hopefully Swifty's army comes after us and we get a lot of new followers. That'd be great. If they're hate followers, love followers, we don't care. Just press that subscribe button. All right, fellas. It was fun, as it always is. And I'd leave you with Go Birds, Birds by 30 tonight. Go Birds. Talk soon. Birds by hopefully more than five. (laughs) All right, see you. See ya.